Psalm 133 tonight. And I promise I won't. I'll lay my phone up here just to make sure. Uh, but as I was thinking about that, I thought about the first verse uh, of Psalm 133. Uh, you, may know, you may know this already, but uh, that whole series of Psalms was uh, called the Psalms of Ascents. Uh, there are some who believe that they, they actually use these, utilize these psalms as they were approaching the temple. Uh, uh, some people say, thought they were used them as they came to certain stages as they approached the temple in Jerusalem. Some actually thought they sang them, uh, cited each psalm as they stepped up into the, uh, go, went up the steps into the temple. And so this is uh, what was sung or cited on one of those steps or in one of those stations. But it involves the brotherly unity, the brotherly fellowship here. He writes, first verse, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And then he gives us two, two analogies here, two metaphors. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edge of his robes. And then the second, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down from the mountains of Zion, for there... The Lord commanded blessing for, for life forevermore. So it's just a really beautiful, short psalm, uh, expressive, I think, of the beauty, uh, of the joy and the pleasantness and the goodness of, of fellowship, of brotherly unity. Don't take for granted the word good there because it has a lot of weight. Uh, it is objectively right that the brothers dwell together in unity that there be a unity among the brethren. And I don't mean unanimity or unity in agreement on every single issue, but I'm talking about a unity of spirit, uh, a unity of purpose. Uh, it is objectively good. It is objectively right. It's not like I, I go out to eat or something and, or somebody says, uh, how'd you enjoy that the other night? I said, is it good? good? Had a good time. Uh, he means more than that. It's not just generally good. It is objectively good. It is an objectively right thing to do. I wrote in my note, notes this, it is fitting. It is fitting that brothers, brethren dwell together in unity. It is appropriate to that group of people, brethren. And these are believers here. So he indicates there how objectively good it is, but also that it is a pleasant thing. It is an experientially pleasant reality. And, and that's one of the things that, that's why that verse came to my mind about all these pieces we see being put into place and uh, even down to the senior or the Sunday school class going and enjoying that fellowship. It's, it's good. It's objectively right that we should gather together as a body of Christ. But it's also experientially pleasant thing to do. Uh, it, is, it is not something that's begrudging. It is not a, it's, well, it is a duty to some degree, but it, it isn't to feel like some rigorous duty. It isn't to be, have to be prodded towards it. It is an it is a, it is a action or a, an activity that is both objectionably right and, and objectively right and pleasant to the experience. It is a pleasant experience. How many of you 
have not fellowshiped and had that intimate time with the body of Christ, whether it's a small or a larger group, and went away from that thinking to yourself, wasn't that pleasant? It is this, I wasn't rushed to get away. I wasn't uncomfortable while I was there. <coughs> uh, it was free and easy and natural. It was an enjoyable thing to associate and to be among the body of Christ. That's my hope for Diamond Hill. Now, you can have that kind of pleasantness in another environment among another type of people, even outside of Christ. And that's why it has to be distinctively Christian. In fact, every ministry, whether it's a gardening ministry, uh, heritage girls, a seniors ministry, or picnic tables, everything has to be utilized intentionally to direct it to be Christ-centered. Now, for some folks, that might be uncomfortable at first, but once we get accustomed to orienting ourselves around Christ in our fellowship, it'll become as natural for us as breathing. We won't feel, it won't feel forced or it won't feel compelled or make everybody uncomfortable for a minute until we get to eating the hamburgers. It won't be something that's out of place It'll be something that becomes for us natural. It's a natural part of our gathering together. And so that way, down the road, very short time, and certainly in a long time, before you know it, we're gathering together, and it's naturally Christ-centered. Our minds are already prepared for, for ministry, as it were, in the midst of our fellowship. It doesn't become strained, and it doesn't, we don't have to remind ourselves so frequently, how are we going to make this Christ-centered? It becomes natural. Our conversations are bent that way. And that's, that, I think, is what he's speaking of here. It is good. It is objectively good that we should gather together as the body of Christ in unity. And it is a pleasant experience. And I love his analogy here because it says a lot about the unity and the fellowship of the body of Christ. First of all, it said it is like oil. He's speaking here of the anointing oil which with, with which Aaron was anointed. And the imagery here is that the oil becomes, comes from above onto, onto Aaron's head, and it flows from there down onto his beard, then onto his robe, and then all across the breastplate which he would be wearing, which was representative of all the tribes of Israel, and all the way down to the very ends of his robes. And so the, so the oil, the oil is indicative here that the fellowship, the goodness and the pleasantness of that fellowship originates above us. It originates with God, with Christ. In fact, the oil is associated often with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So it's Holy Spirit. Ephesians, uh, the, the, uh, the unity it speaks of in Ephesians 4, the bond of, uh, the bond of unity. It's a spiritual unity. So it's a unity given to us specifically from above. That's why we're different than any other group that gets together in the world. Because we have a God-given, we have a unity and a, and a spirit from above. It, it's, we don't originate it in ourselves. You see what I'm saying? We can do practical things and we can, we can encourage it in lots of practical ways. But the, what we're really looking for is the spiritual unity, the deep intimacy that comes from the Holy Spirit. And notice here that it comes down upon the priest's head 
comes down upon the priesthead and flows down, as it were, to the people across the breastplate, which was representative of the people. Well, obviously, we could say our high priest is Christ. So the fellowship we have is from above. It's the spirit from above, but it ministers to us through Christ. It's coming to us through Christ and through Christ, our high priest, it, it filters down. I think if you want to call the leadership in the church, but the, but your leaders in the church, it filters down through them and to the people. So, so it's coming from above, but it flows. That's the point he's making here. One author I was reading said, you can tell that by the way he used, he keeps using the word here, comes down. Even the dew of Hermon comes down, 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 down. He's, he's emphasizing that it's from above and it flows down from above through the, through the high priest, as it were, and out to the people. Here's, here's where my heart is tonight. I don't want just us, this group in the room here tonight, to enjoy this kind of fellowship. I want that to extend out to folks who are maybe even Sunday morning folks only. I want it to extend as far out among the people of God as we can. And that means gentle conversations. That means loving invitations. That means, that means sacrifice on our part. But I don't want it to just be us. You see what I'm saying? Just, just those who are here tonight. I want it to expand out beyond and, and, to, and to involve other people, to draw them in so that they might know the goodness of it and the pleasantness of it. And I think they'll, they'll want to come back and experience that as well. So he's communicating the ideal here of the good of it. But then the pleasantness has the idea, this was anointing oil, which was an oil mixed with an aromatics, uh, myrrh or whatever the, the incense were. So it's an aromatic. So it gives off a sweet aroma. It gives off a, an, a pleasing and a, and, a, and a drawing aroma. There is an aroma about a Christian fellowship that is attractive. It is attractive. In fact, I think it has its own evangelistic implications in that others outside the church begin to see the sweet aroma of a Christ-centered fellowship where they, are, where they are loving one another and they are drawn to that because they don't get that anywhere in the world. There's not that kind of love in the world and it certainly doesn't give off that sort of fragrance. It doesn't give off bitterness and, and wretchedness and rottedness. It gives off a sweet aroma when we fellowship that way. I could describe it that way myself. I've had those moments of wonderful fellowship, and I go away, and, and, I, and I would describe it the same way. It had, a, it had an aroma, a fragrance to it that was pleasing. It wasn't pungent. I have smelt some colognes and perfumes that I don't think were pleasing or attracting at all. They were so, they were so harsh and and, and they just knocked you out, gave me a headache. So I'm not talking about, an, a, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about some boisterous, loud, obnoxious aroma. I'm talking about a sweet aroma, that sort of thing that comes across your nostrils and you say, well, that was nice. A spring day. For me, a steak on the grill, <laughs> just, a, just an aroma, a fragrance that it gives off. And it turns our attention towards it. And it makes us want to, want to go nearer to the source of where that aroma is coming from. And I think that's what he's saying here. But I like this as well because he 
goes to the dew of Hermon. And it seems to me that he has a different idea here because the dew of Hermon would come down from the mountains and would be refreshing as it were. So there is a refreshing, thirst-quenching quality to the brethren gathering together in unity. That's what it does. It is objectively good. It is a right thing. It is appropriate and fitting for us to fellowship as the body of Christ. And when we do that in the spirit of Christ and for the glory of Christ, it gives off a fragrance that is attractive to even the body of Christ, draws the body of Christ nearer together. And it draws even those outside of the body of Christ at least to express some curiosity about why the fellowship there is so sweet. But here's something that to me is soul quenching because it is also so thirst quenching. It is like the dew. The dew again comes down from above. The nourishment of it comes from above, but it flows down to us. It flew that flowed down from Hermon and got into all the streams and collected and so forth. And it eventually provided water and fertility. So it provides both of those things. It, it causes in us that quenching of our spiritual thirst, but I think it also produces in us an additional fruitfulness. Not as individuals as much as it is the body of Christ. And so, and I say that tonight to say, as I see these pieces being put into place, this is what I, this is what I think the Lord is arranging for. Now, we're fallible human beings. We'll try things and they seem reasonable and they are, they are efforts and we'll cover them in prayer and sometimes they won't work out. That's okay. It's okay because that's how we learn what does work. But I can say this, that whatever we do is bound to fail or be a failure spiritually if it is not rooted in our common unity with Christ. What makes you most important to me is that you are a part of the same body of which I am a part. I, I can't rid myself of you, nor can you rid yourself of me. We are one in Christ Jesus. And we've got eternity together. You know that, right? The good thing about that is by then we'll all be sanctified and glorified and we won't get on each other's nerves. <clears throat> and so, and so there, there, there'll be an even sweeter more glorious fellowship when we get to glory. But I think we can taste of that now. It takes humility. It takes commitment. It takes real love. Real love. Not, not self-love, but love for Christ and love for others on behalf of Christ. It takes a lot of investment to have a fellowship that has that sort of produce or product in our lives. And I think that glorifies God most. And so that, that's, the, that's the capstone, I guess, uh, to, to what I see the Lord doing and am so encouraged by. And I hope that we're prepared to meet uh, the challenges of that because it is literally an invitation. It is an invitation to gather together as the body of Christ. The author of Hebrews says, says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And he gives something afterwards, especially as you see the day nearing. I even thought about the gardening. It may seem like a simple thing now, but what if the economy collapses? What if the grocery stores don't have anything? 
What if, what if a whole body of believers have been working together to provide for, for, for crops and for a harvest that we can reach out to the community? What if people in the community don't have anything to eat, but they can come to the local church where the body of Christ is gathered and they can find food to eat and spiritual food for their soul in God's gospel presentation? So there are all sorts of implications. So my hope is that we'll be committed to pursuing that. And please do this. Bathe it in prayer. Soak it in prayer. Uh, Every time we meet together, whether it's for lunch after church or if it's for a fellowship dinner somewhere else, every time we meet somewhere, if you know you're going to be meeting, be in prayer about how that unfolds. How can I personally, consciously engage others in the things of Christ, in the things above. Casual conversations, fine, but how can I direct this and we can talk about things of the faith, things that are necessary for me to survive tomorrow's temptation. Those are the strengths of our, that is one of the strengths, I think, of our fellowship together because we can we can work to disciple one another through that. So that's my, that was what was on my heart tonight. Any thoughts? So we look forward to the days ahead. And uh, I was sharing, even with my brother-in-law, that diagnosis, I was sharing with the prayer team. Uh, he went with my mom, actually, to have some blood work done. And she hadn't even got hers back yet, but they called him from the doctor's office and and said, we need you to go down to Baptist. And he said to them, the nurse, he said, well, it'd probably be tomorrow before I could get there. And she said, okay. She hung up the phone. 15 minutes later, she called back and she said, the doctor wanted me to call you back and tell you this is a matter of life and death. You need to go now. And I, every time I hear stories like that, it reminds me that I don't, you and I don't have a promise about another day on this earth. Uh, and, it, and it really make, gives me a sense of urgency and it makes me think about what I'm leaving behind if that were my calling tomorrow is to leave this place and go into the presence of the Lord. What have I set in motion in my family, with my wife, with my children, with my church? What have I been a part of? And will in that day, will it have seemed like a proper use and an efficient God-honoring use of my time? Those are sobering questions. And I've I, think, I hope that we approach the issues uh, that we talked about tonight, this fellowship, with that sense of urgency as well because um, we don't know what tomorrow brings. Amen. So stand with me. We'll be dismissed. Thank you, for uh, Deborah, for sharing the reports and Matt for coming and sharing with the budget as well and for these proposals as well. Uh, by the way, uh, just turn around and take a look. Haddon, if you'll step out there, I meant to ask her to stand up. That's the uniform for the young ladies that they'll be wearing there so and so thank you Haddon so, but let's pray father we thank you for this day again we thank you for your goodness for your grace lord I thank you for the for the new birth that we can have this fellowship that it is that it is possible for us lord I thank you that it is not something you've asked us to originate and to manufacture on our own for we would never find an agreement but lord I thank you that this spiritual fellowship comes down from above from you And it is ministered to us through Christ, the work of the cross, and through the Holy Spirit dwelling within us each. Father, I thank you that it flows to the body of Christ from you.
And I do pray that we will, we will commit ourselves to, to being deliberate about fellowshipping with one another and, to, and growing in our relationship with Christ and with one another as well. Lord, I pray that it will be for us be found pleasant, as, he, as the writer here mentions, and that we will understand it as ob objectively good and right and appropriate for those who claim to follow Christ. Lord, thank you for all those who've contributed by their prayers, by their, by their conversations, by practical things, Lord, by, by labors and efforts. Lord, thank you for each of these that you have added to the body of Christ. And I do pray for the, the larger congregation meeting at Diamond Hill. Father, we have many, I know, that physically are able to get out Sunday morning, and that's about all they can muster the strength for. I pray that we can love them as well. Thank you for the ministry of the cards and calls that are expressing that we, we still have them on our hearts. And Lord, I just pray that we can reach out to the wider congregation, a lot of the younger folks who are, who are not fully engaged in our, in, our, in our life here together. Lord, I pray that our fellowship might be an aroma to them, that it might be a draw to them as well, that they might come and, and join us as we pursue Christ together. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for mercy. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.